The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me this evening, Tony Payne, Tad Harrington. We are all certified financial planners. How are you today, guys? Wonderful. It's a great day. Yeah. You doing well, Tad? I am. You're, Still you're here at home, but you're isolating. <laughs> isolating That's par- right. parts unknown. We give John the week off again. He's down in Florida, isolating himself in the sunshine. Wonderful. Well, it is good. good, good it it, it yeah. is good for the COVID, right? The sunshine. It's gotta be right. So it's getting a little little dicey out there, but we'll 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 hold strong. Uh, it, it is uh, Thanksgiving season. We are thankful for many many things. So we're going to dedicate this show to Thanksgiving. Uh, the season of giving is upon us, so we're going to talk a little bit about charity, talk about taxes. Um, I'll ask you guys this question. I'll start, Tony, with you. What are you thankful for with financial planning? Oh, with financial planning. Yes. All right. Specific All to right. maybe you, your career, or the topic itself. Right. I mean, it's it's been a big year. I got married, so, of course, top of mind would be that's immediate thing to be thankful for is oh, that, sure. that partner on the other side. Amen to that. But in the financial planning answer... There's been so much financial technology to come out. I mean, the idea of what we could do. I mean, I remember asking John 20 years ago almost, how did you do all this before all the computers? And it was very slow. It was very expensive. The same thing's true now. It's just every time technology speeds something up, makes data easier to get or record, it just becomes easier and easier for everyone to have access to real financial tools. Uh, that's a really good answer, right? And John always jokes like he's uh, always oh, to take our abacus out and right, stone right. chisel. You, right? you wasn't far <laughs> right. off. I, well, I don't. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. But but he did. But in all seriousness, right? Forty, fifty years ago, there was a lot of uh, paperwork and and rulers and spreadsheets and calculators. Right. You want to carry out a depreciation schedule over time and do that thirty years before and do it declining, and then re- go to the back of the book and look at the schedule and do your slide. No, it's serious things, but. To do it right, it it took a lot of time. Right, yeah. How about you, Tad? It, well, I was going to say we're and we've been due for that as well. I mean, the financial planning industry, and you know, including the investment industry, has just lagged other technologies so much. So it's really good to see that, you know, even the big um, private equity firms, um, private capital, are, are really starting to put some money towards this industry. And I think it's because we've had this shift over the years of. The consumers that need financial planning are actually becoming a lot more privy to what financial planning actually means outside of just the insurance and investment sales. And so it's actually worthwhile for those companies to put dollars into financial planning technology. But it it doesn't just help the advisors. it, It helps the clients as well. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it, right? It's tools at our disposal, and then it is a more do it yourself environment and do it yourself for the right on the right course, right? It's not just, as we always talk about, it's not just about the rate of return. So, uh, Tad, kicking it to you, what are you thankful for in the uh, financial planning world? 
Yeah, I think as a professional, just to have the ability to work with so many different people and impact their way in, in a way or impact their lives in a way that's so meaningful and has such a big impact on their lives, but to just do everything without having to to navigate these waters of what's right and wrong. You know, we know based on our process and what we do, it's what we believe is the right way. And there's a lot to be said, you know, behind that and going into work every day, knowing that. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great point. No, we, we celebrate with our clients. We cry with our clients. We, we hear about the hard times. We hear about the good times. It's a, it's a roller coaster along the way. Uh, the celebrations are the fun part, right? Achieving goals, seeing retirement come to fruition, you know, all of those things, it, it is, it's very rewarding from that side. It's a business relationship for sure, but at the same time, it's almost like extended family. I mean, when there's a birth, a death, a life event, you're one of the first people to know, and you're a people first, and I say it like that. You're it's a people. Yeah. We're not just take cold advisors and sit behind the other window or whatever. No, we're there and to build that relationship and feel that. That's a privilege. It, it really is. No, that's a that's a great um, perspective to have. Good good job there, Tad. What would you say, Stephen? Uh, good question. To make it a little bit different, I am thankful for learning about not timing the market. Oh, that was a, that was a good lesson. In my, probably in my youth, I loved stock market. I still love the stock market. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Right? But I was one of the, I was no different than a lot of people out there that's smarter than the average bear. How to do it? I'm gonna be rich. Um, you know, it's all about the, the mis- learning from your mistakes. So I guess you know I'm thankful for having the resources to learn from the mistakes I've made, uh, and being able to preach and teach the, about avoiding those mistakes is yeah. very important. Hopefully, people can learn from that. Uh, but that that's something I'm uh, to take a side note on is something I'm thankful for in learning about financial planning. That's, that's a good take, though. It's the bumps along yeah. the way and the lessons along the way. Yeah. When you, when you talk about being average and the, the uh, smarter bear, it makes me think of in, in some of the workshops we've done, we'll ask the question to the, the audience and say, raise your hand if you're a good driver. And every hand goes up, right? Every single hand. But somebody in the room, there's no way that everybody in there is a good driver. Somebody has to be a bad driver. And my wife and I went through that. We switched our insurance, and we got the uh, the right tracker or whatever the oh, tracking is. You're brave. So tra- and we, we made it. A, well, we made it a game, right? Uh, you know, I get the smiley face with the starry eyes. That's better than your regular smiley face. Heaven forbid we get a, a frown face. But at the end of the day, one of us, I won't say who, was in first place. It actually ranks you. But then at the end of the day, there was a debate about whether or not the data was actually accurate. So... I would, Even when there's empirical evidence of that, I know I'd be cautious well, I don't, I don't of the, cautious of the Russian judge <laughs> with judging my driving, my driving. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just imagining your spouse hopping in the car, taking your car, right. and then getting it on your record, going for a little spin around the block, right. probably improving I, yeah. the rating though. Yeah, <laughs> but I've never been in an accident, right? So, oh so the, the point being, stay humble. We're not we're not the best at everything. That's a good point, right? And that's exactly it. So again, I know my my uh, try to find my flaws in driving. That's a really good analogy, Tad. I like that. So, all right, good. Well, it is Thanksgiving week. Hopefully, there are many things we should be thankful for. I am going to push uh, switch of subjects as we're wrapping up this first segment. We usually talk about current events. So, as we are uh, looking at the transition of power, there's a lot of talk about what are the first. 
course of actions for President Biden. And a lot of talk is coming out for the push on student loan forgiveness. I've heard $50,000. I've heard $10,000. But nonetheless, uh, well, pres- uh, President-elect Biden has not said anything specifically. What terrifies me is this could be done via executive order. I didn't like executive orders under President Trump, President Obama, President Bush, President Clinton. As soon as I learned about the executive order, I've always been against it. Uh, But if this is done via executive order, I have have something to say. (laughs) So what are your initial thoughts here, Tony? Initial thoughts, again, I agree with you. I mean, this isn't a, a social governance class, but yeah, three branches. One you think controls spending, and that's not the executive branch. So just on a basic level, that's my first thought. Okay. I mean, there's a couple more here and a couple specific ones. You know, does it translate to the idea of the Jubilee we talked about earlier? Which we're going to talk you know, about. a couple yeah. shows ago. Maybe it does. Yeah. And and the the thing that bothers me is I understand people are struggling with the student loan debt. We're going to hopefully, we'll probably start the next uh, segment with this same topic. What What really gets to me is... We're forgetting the people who have worked harder to pay cash or pay it off. And why are these people sort of getting penalized for doing the right thing? That's my take on it. It could be considered selfish. That's fine. Uh, We're going to dig into this a little bit deeper when we come back from the break, talking a little bit about the student loan forgiveness um, possibility. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and we're going to be talking this this show about Thanksgiving. What are we thankful for? Talk about charitable giving, tax planning, or circles around it. Uh, we ended the first break talking about the potential of the student debt cancellation uh, via executive order by President-elect Biden. Some people are saying that may be one of the first things he does. The public is stating it's really not a priority to, from their perspective. Uh, I think the one article I read, something like only 25% of the, of the Americans think that should be a priority. Uh, Tad, what are your initial thoughts when it comes to the student loan forgiveness possibility? I think a lot about the implications and results from it. So you know, are we doing this because this could be some sort of stimulus where we're trying to add stimulus to the economy and prop things up? Or is this because we just think that the student loan arena has gotten way too crazy, which it very well could be. But at the end of the day, you know, what does this get us in the long term? Like you brought up the point of what about the people who didn't take out loans and paid cash? Like there's a little – I don't think we're ever going to get it right and balance those scales. But, you know, what ha- we've essentially kind of done this, like, as far as the implications go to the economy, where if we can defer payments like we have with the stimulus that we've already seen over the last six to nine months, you know, that what ha- I'd like to go back and look at the data and say, what has that done for the economy and spending? Because if you think about it, like if you eliminate 10,000 or 50,000 of my student debt, really, that's not putting that money in my pocket today to spend. It's just getting rid of the monthly payments. So, you know, if that payment is yes. 100 bucks, 200 bucks a month. Yes, you know, maybe I guess it's relative, right? Is that a lot? Is that small? You know, like the stimulus checks were what I thought was, you know, a decent sum of money all at once. This is kind of spread out over time. But what this ultimately, like the other side of that coin is, 
would this ultimately make people run out and buy new cars or buy new houses because they don't have this fifty hundred thousand dollar debt sitting on their name? So it's just really hard to tell what that is, but I'd like to get some information just to see what the implications would be. That's a great point, Ted. I mean, the information would be vital here, too. I mean, again, if it is an economic argument, we need numbers to go with this. But I'm going to take a little different perspective. You know me. I'm always trying to take something a little different here. But you know I like magic. I love magic. Magic's a neat (laughs) thing. It's fun. It's a show. It's interesting. It plays on psychology. Well, isn't this a little bit of the magic where if the right hand's moving, you forget what the left hand is doing? Well, let me forgive the bill but I'm not going to talk about how we accumulated the bill, what you get out of the bill. I'm not going to do any of that. Let's just make this bill over here, this shiny big thing, disappear, and immediately $50,000 free. But on the other side, you still have these mega institutions out there that, you know what, if I want a hunting license or a boating license, I go to courses online, basically. And then you have some sort of place where you may need to go, show your ID, get certified, prove that you're who you are. I mean, these are some of the most serious things that we do. We have concealed carry handgun licenses, things like that, that a lot of this stuff can be done online. And then the final touches are done in person. So we're talking about something like education, such a big deal that over the last, say, 70, 80 years, I mean, how long has Rutgers been playing football? It's a long time. Sure. You know, fans know that stat, but the idea is education hasn't really changed a lot over that span. I mean, it's almost arguably to some people a country club where it's more about the social environment than the effect of let me learn what I need to do to be able to captain this boat. How did we get here? Right. To ask the question, how did we get here? Who took this money? Who raised the tuition prices? And that's what's getting the free pass in all of this. And that's what really it it burns my britches to say, why? Why is the institutions and the colleges and universities getting a free pass at this? Right. If they were so good, in theory, these people have educated and graduated or at least had their courses should be making money, being able to pay all these things off. So there is something just fundamentally off here. And again, my point was maybe we're focusing on the wrong side of this. Again, as we've seen through the pandemic, there have been ways to modify, adapt, and go through. And again, it may not all be perfect in one big wave as a meat axe, but as you think about it, what transitions were really forced over the last 50, 60 years? I mean, the ones, you know, uh, not not many. Yeah, and, it, and the inflationary rate has slowed down, thankfully, but it averaged over 10% per year for almost two decades. Yeah. Right? I mean, so So where did this money go? And the reason, and everyone, no one asks the questions, why did this inflationary money happen? Inflation is defined of too much money f- uh, chasing too few of goods. Yeah. So there was a surge of money out there through the loan program. Basically, anybody who wanted f- institutional money right. to say, hey, I want an education, they're like, here, what do you need? Right. That was the only question asked. What do you need? Which may have been a noble goal, but then you have to hold the institutions accountable to achieve that goal. Right. How are you putting all these people out who can't pay the bill then? It's not their fault. I mean, we keep raising people, get educated, go to school, do the right thing. This isn't because people were 18 or 17 and unwise. If anything, they were trying to do the right thing. This isn't credit card debt we're talking about. Yeah. But the idea is if the institutions are set up so that they come out in mass without a lot of specialization, how else are they supposed to pay the bill than Uncle Sugar? Go ahead, Ted. Well, if you think about when you apply for a loan for business purposes, you know, you have to show the SBA or uh, venture capitalist firm that you have either, you know, at least a business plan, at the very least, right? Yeah. And probably you have to show, I have to prove that I can generate some form of income 
and then I can scale this in order for you to give me a loan. So it's almost like we, we waive that concept with education where it's almost like, you know, at least go at least require people to go into taking out massive loans for their education to show what that plan is. This is my career plan. I'm going to major in this. This is the kind of income I, I hope to achieve, you know, average income when I come out. And this is how long it's going to take me to pay back my bills based on I live in Columbus, Ohio, and housing prices are, you know, this and, and that and whatnot. Um, I just people people go into this without a plan, and that's part of the problem as well. Yeah, and the consumer the consumer went in blind. If we rewind back to uh, in 2008, right, the housing crisis, whatever, the, the Great Recession, people pointed the fingers at the banks, the lending, predatory lending. Right, right. This is predatory lending, too. Right. How much do you need? And again, right, here it is. Who made the standards? Yeah. We look back to our good friends in government. Right. I mean, that's I, so th- these are the questions I want answered before we start saying, oh, everyone's debt is forgiven. And again, I go back to the to the families, because I've heard situations where families have tapped 401ks to pay off student loans. Mm-hmm. Right. And they even incurred the taxes and penalties. It almost it almost destroyed some families because the the parents didn't quite understand the impact of pulling money from a 401k, but they didn't want to have the student debt out there. So they tried to do the right thing. What about those mistakes? Are we going to write them a $50,000 check saying, we understood you made a mistake. Here's 50 grand. So I'm just a little leery of this um, concept, program, whatever you want to call it. It's being pushed by Elizabeth Warren quite a bit. I just disagree with it on all the the things we have uh, explained. Yeah, Um, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there to attack just one side may not be the right answer. Right. Doesn't seem that. Yeah, so I'm going to pay attention to this. I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, coming up in the future shows. So, you know, Tony, um, going off here on a tangent, we t- used the term jubilee. We used we talked about the jubilee concept a couple shows ago. Want to reiterate yeah, this? Yeah. Now that you got me calming down here yes. a little bit. <laughs> Blood pressure's up. All right. <laughs> these institutions, man, they're gold-plated, all these marble books and everything. It's, yeah. You know, just taking all the money. Well, the, the idea, though, jubilee was... You know, every so often, depending on history or religion, the concept is there's going to be a debt forgiveness, some sort of forgiveness. Usually the king waves a wand and says all the debts are forgiven. And in theory, it's a nice, helpful thing because that money that was going towards debts, old stuff, now is available to go towards new stuff. So at a basic economic level, there's some merit there. Yeah, and that's really what we're talking about, this program possibly being a debt jubilee and— um it is what it is, but again, we'll, we'll keep talking about this because I think it will be on the, the docket for a while here. Well, we're coming up on another break, and when we return, we'll talk about charitable giving, the good, the bad, the ugly, and what to think about. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host, Stephen Buchanan. Joining me this evening, Tony Payne, Tad Harrington. All of us are certified financial planners in the fee-only arena. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about John E. Sestina and Company and Managing to be Wealthy, you can contact our office at 614-326-3077 or visit us on the web at managingtobewealthy.com. You know, one of the beauties of our process is we've been able to keep going with this COVID shutdown. It was 
unfazed, right? We kept going, and Tony, to your point about being thankful about the technology, we've been able to use the technology to our advantage. Society has shifted, right? Now everyone's more accustomed to to uh, web meetings and so forth. I think the business world is going to change for a while here. Yeah, no, it's it's a forced shift. Whether good, bad, and different, all aside, it's a forced shift. I mean, you think about how much aviation changed after World War II. That was a forced shift. Yeah. We didn't just put planes up in the air and make better planes just because, but as a side result, commercial aviation boomed. Right. Hopefully we see something like that come yeah, out. Yeah, I'm sure we will. I, I chuckle at, you know, some of the things um, back when I took typing back in the old school days when we actually used typewriters. There's no such Ooh. thing as a computer, right? All right. You're and, abacus. And, yeah, exactly. And the irony is the typing classes were were fading. People were less were taking less and less typing because it wasn't needed. And then all of a sudden, this word, the internet, came out. And there was, on the, I'll never forget, on the keyboard, there was a typing class. I'm like, what's this A with a circle around it? And no one really knew what it was for. And now the world, the world has changed around this A with a circle yep. around it. Uh, I always chuckled at that because I was like, that was the for- forgotten keystroke. No one even knew what it was for, and now it's it's a standard and probably one of the more heavily used ones. Yeah, that's a good point. So to your point, things change. The other, the one current one I chuckle at is the QR code. These QR codes that I used to just call a barcode, now I finally realized, learned a real name behind oh, yeah. it, right? The QR code, now all the restaurants have it. You walk, you know, you scan your phone and the menu pops up. Think about saving the trees. Forced efficiency. Forced efficiency. And let alone having to print the menus, the cost right. of the Right, updating ink, the menus, right, the prices. Somebody to organize yeah. it. Right, right. One uniform spot, I can update my whole menu, change the special of the day, whatever. It's it's it's, it's fascinating. What? There's positives yeah. that come through this. Those are the and things that's why I'm we're thankful. thankful. Yes, right. that's right. why we're say. thankful for. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the time of season where we, we're a generous society. We give. Um Tad, you found a really good article. Uh, re- the title, it was from FastCompany.com. America remains the most generous place in the world, but barely. What does that mean? Well, we, we've always been considered this, you know, the most generous country, but it's starting to de- decline. So you think of, you know, over the last, I don't know how many years, I don't know the details, but, you know, the, the amount of Americans or donors it's actually starting to, to decline in America um, compared to some other countries around the globe. Yeah, I, I thought number two on the list, Tony. I thought that was interesting. It definitely is. one. And, just who, to, and who is number two? And there's one of your favorites? Well, there's Myanmar, Myanmar. which is one. <laughs> right. that, not, not necessarily my favorite. Right. Okay. I wouldn't say it that <laughs> way, Stephen. I, but um, you always told me the stories about the Burmese. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I thought that culture. was interesting because it does go back to the Buddhist culture. And, and the generosity surrounding the Buddhist culture is why they're number two in the world. And when we think of giving, we know there's different ways to give. You can give in cash. You could give in time. So in the United States... Six in 10 people reported giving cash. 60%. That's a pretty high number. Yeah. And when we think about the overall numbers of what we talk about in the economy, that is pretty solid. And this is based on the end of 2019. So the idea is then another four in 10 offered time. So -hmm. there may be overlap. That doesn't mean it was the same group of people. Right. So the idea is compared to the rest of the world, 
U.S. citizens are given more of their time, more of their money, which is great. We love to hear that. That's something we can be thankful for, this engine that we've built to business and enterprise. It creates enough that we have extras that we can do that and direct our giving. Yeah. So th- these are great positives. And what we're basing this off of, too, is a measure. It's the World Giving Index. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a study out there where they try to measure and do these things. And I think giving time is so much more I, – I add so much value to that than just writing a check, right? Volunteering your time, sacrificing your day to volunteer is so generous. And I know we did it a few times um, – for race of the cure, race for the cure, right? Lifting table. Remember those glory days? Yeah. Lifting the tables and sweeping streets, and oh, and yeah. that was all the fun stuff. But that was at the end of the day, it was rewarding. We're, we're gonna have to clean out some cages soon, or yeah. something, Stephen. You know, get in there, get get in the mix again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, the, I mean these are good things though, and and what you said though hits on a serious thing that there's as much in giving for the recipient as the one who's giving to. Mm-hmm. And and that is the circle here. And that was, we talked about financial planning and overall wellness and having control. There, there's a lot of good that can be done here. And we'll get into some of that later on too. Yeah. Tad, what, what stood out to you with this article? Well, more of just the different ways that you can give. And then I thought about what the article, you know, of the numbers, the six out of 10 and the four out of 10 Obviously, the four out of 10 of people who donate their time, that's a planned experience, right? You've thought about it. You know, you didn't just wake up and say, I'm going to go find a charity and do this. You've thought about it. You've planned it. You know, you've gotten involved. The six out of 10 of people who give financially, I'm just curious how many of those people, you know, planned it ahead of time, had something dedicated, or it was, hey, somebody sent me an email and asked for money, or somebody's uh, Pelotonia profile popped up and I donated. Right. And I think the difference in those planned and unplanned experiences just has a, a psychological in, impact on, you know, your own personal, I would say, you know, philanthropic plan, you know, such as like how we see people who plan their savings ahead of time and try to automate it, have a much higher success rate, save more dollars, are happier than the people who, you know, do it ad hoc. Yeah. The, the other thing I, I agree 100 percent in that even when it comes to financial planning and that word retirement we often tell people or we hear about people who basically donate their time, Meals on Wheels or other charities where now they are no longer working, but they, they've, got a, they've got vigor and drive and they want to make an impact. And I think that's a great way to do it is through charitable work. Right. And if you are someone who you feel you're blessed enough, you've done well economically, you've got the extras there and you've given a lot of money over the years, well, then there still may be value in those same skill set that gave you the ability to economically get the rewards to then turn those around and use them for charity, start a board, join a board. You know, these are the sorts of things where the involvement and your expertise can go beyond your dollar giving. And it really is helpful. And the rewards are there, too, for you as well, financially and personally. Yeah. yeah. We, I've spoken to plenty of executives that, you know, talk about their day job, but they've joined boards or they've gotten involved with the charity and you can just tell the difference in excitement when they talk about it. And so, even though you know, it's not what they've done for their whole career, but I think for a lot of people, when you get involved like that, it's just, it's maybe a little more meaningful than their day job, which sounds bad to say, but um, I think it's a reality. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I agree a hundred percent. It was the other article that we were talking about. Again, we do, we do research to try to find and create talking points and so forth. The uh, wall street journal article that titled how to suppress your inner Scrooge. 
Right, I thought it was a. I got a chuckle about it, right, because of the title. Um, did, did you picture someone when you read the title? Did you have someone's face immediately <laughs> come to mind? Well, no, I'm not, not going to put them out there. No, but, I but did. He, okay, I know you're going to talk about John, but here's the reason. I didn't say, <laughs> whoa, whoa! <laughs> we the reason I, was I love thinking him, of Tyler. Oh, okay. <laughs> John says he's a Scrooge, but we know he isn't. Uh, that's why I like when he comes over for Thanksgiving. He oh, brings a few it. bottles of good wine. That's good. So, <laughs> no, John jokes about it, but very, very generous. But the inner Scrooge I thought was interesting because they did psychological studies about uh, people asking for money and charitable gifts. And we're going to dig into this when we come back from the break. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting perspective on charitable giving and how people respond to it. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and we're talking about charitable giving, the season of giving. Uh, Hopefully everyone out there is very thankful for what they have. And uh, Tony, what was your thoughts as far as the article regarding how to suppress your inner Scrooge? Well, before we go there, though, just a thought. As we're sitting here having fun and these are good times, if you're out there wondering how can I learn more, how can I get some help, feel free to give our office a call, 614-326-3077. Many ways to get a hold of us online, through the web, there, through the phone. We'll ask you to complete a questionnaire. And the idea is we want to have a meeting that's most productive to see if we can help each other. Right. And part of the process is charity. Right. Well, is. This is we talk about this quite a bit. And I know one of the, the conversation pieces you have and we're going to get back to this article, how to suppress your inner Scrooge. But it's about making it a family event. It is. Share share that experience about how well, you tell people to. So whatever the dollar amount is of your family giving, you know, it could be one hundred dollars. It could be one hundred thousand dollars. But the idea is as you plan out that giving, you know, usually around the holiday time to involve the family. And usually I'm thinking children here and a spouse but the idea of where do we want to direct our giving? You know, think of it as the board, the family board of the Lucan family right. board or the Payne family. No, how do we want to direct our giving? And you have your little ones come out and make a proposal. Right. You know, if they love it the prob- ocean and or salt dogs, the thing, right, or right. dolphins, whatever it might be. And part of it is do the research. And that segues into one of the tools we'll talk about a little later. But the idea is do the homework. Find out what are the sources here? Who needs the help? Why do you want to help them? What would we do with these dollars? And you just find it. I think I've seen it, I've seen the feedback here, gotten the feedback. You start to see how the little one's minds are ticking and then still those values that are important to you of giving. And here's where we're going to direct this. Here's why we're going to do that. Maybe you don't share everything, but the idea is that exercise. They get involved, too. Pick a dollar amount and let them direct that. And you're going to see they're involved. And, and the other side of it, too, is it's an education around money, right? And it's a conversation and it's an involvement and research. And as you said, we're going to talk about where to find, um, do your homework when it comes to charities. Uh, Tad, regarding the article, How to Suppress Your Inner Scrooge, did anything stand out to you on that one? Because I thought it was interesting about the statistics of the Santa Clauses. They set up two different Santa Clauses. One specifically would ask for the money, look people in the eye, say Merry Christmas, and the others would just sit there silently. And the giving was dramatically different. Yeah, the, I, I think the giving um, actually went towards the one that was smiling and engaging, or smiling and engaging, right? Correct. Yeah. The, the statistic that stood out to me was um, 
there's a, a store with two doors. They had the, uh, the Santas at both doors, both entryways, and then they tracked traffic, and they said that the, um, the actual the, – the entire traffic fell 20%. And right. then they actually found out that there was a third door, quote, <laughs> quote, door. It was a recycling area that people somehow found and started to enter the store that way. So to avoid, point the, being, avoid a, a the conflict. A lot of people get deterred from this. Yeah, well, they, get, they, don't, they want to avoid the conflict, right? There's, yeah. there's numerous ways people go about it. One is I've given enough and I feel guilty. Like that's how I feel. I'm like everyone wants, wants my money. I go, I go to the, the supermarket and I go to check out and they ask, hey, would you like to donate to the food bank? Mm-hmm. I look at it. I do it every time. But if they didn't ask me, I wouldn't do it. In, in fairness to in the that transactions, they've gotten really good at their ask. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they make their charitable. Once they get that number, they're going to not drop it. Once they get that email, they're not going to drop it. If they're doing what they're supposed to be in theory. Right. But the idea there is you've got to be willing to say no, but at the same time, learn when to say yes. I mean, yeah. that's what we're talking about. When do you suppress your inner Scrooge? Hopefully, if you have your financial plan together, you know what you have extra. You know what you're dedicating to charity. It's not just a once a year or when you feel like you have a little extra in the pocket. It's something that's planned, something that's deliberate, something that you're doing because you intended to do it. You're not letting your money manage you because you had a little extra. You're managing your money. Where do I want to direct this to see the good that I want to have? Right. So now I'm we. Th- I'm thinking of. Go ahead. I'm thinking of one word that Tony always talks about with financial planning. What's that one? Control. Yeah. All those things you talked about are control, and that's what financial planning is. You've said it a hundred times. So when you do these things and you take control, that gives you the confidence to go about it however you want, right? You can walk past the Santa and have confidence that, hey, I'm still doing, you know, my share or I'm doing whatever makes me feel comfortable. And the same thing parallels to every aspect of the plan. Like you guys have definitely seen it. Yes. There's two types of people when it comes to, even something as simple as paying bills and looking at a cash flow worksheet. There's people that will check their account balance every single day because they have control. They know, they know they're on track for a plan. They know what they have to do. There's people that won't check their balance for two months because they're scared of what they're going to see. So by getting ahead of it, getting a plan gets you on the front end of that where you're actually going to have the confidence to take action. Right. So, so since our listeners are all in control of their financial plan, now we know how much we're going to give and now we have to find a charity. And, and this is a great website to research the charities at hand is charitynavigator.org. So everyone should write that down, charitynavigator.org. And what you do is you enter the charity, the 501c3, hopefully it is a 501c3 organization, and it'll rate the charity as to how they go about their ways of business. And I think this is a fantastic tool because when you get those phone calls or you get that solicitation, you can research this information. Right. Another one that's out there too is givewell.org. And the idea is that most of these, almost all these records are public information because they are public charities. So what they do is try to compare apples to apples. If this organization wants to help guys in blue plaid shirts and that organization wants to help them too, which one has more dollars actually going to help them buy a a new shirt? I remember one time I asked the charity, how much of your uh, donations go directly to the charity? The answer was 6%. Amazing. 94% of it was fat. And that go, went to people within the organization working. And I was like, no, thank you. So, you know, I use this charity navigator. And I just researched one of the, the ones I give money to, the Fred Hutchinson Cancer 
organization in Seattle. That's a hospital that helped my friend uh, recover from leukemia. So I give them money and a hundred percent. They got an A plus. I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah. The smaller charities aren't rated for obvious reasons, but the larger ones have a rating system. You want to hear one that I had uh, not had to? I, I looked up the other day. It was kind of interesting, but it was uh, Miley Cyrus's foundation. Okay, it was the Happy Hippie Foundation. I'm, I'm digging through here, doing. <laughs> you know what? Out of all the things, and again, they they seem to do a lot of good, but she's supporting the overall operational cost of this thing out of her own pocket. So a hundred percent of the dollars. If you want to direct the dollars, they actually go to the causes there so it was a neat way to think about how a celebrity or someone of means may be able to say how can i leverage this so let me fund the overall operational costs but at the same time help with those other things and allow other people to do it and then efficient for her i think that's fantastic it was interesting didn't expect that necessarily but here we are yeah tad what do you like about the charity navigator concepts for somebody who's new to this, like you want to get started giving and you don't have any charities in mind, this will be a good tool to help you find them. And also it'll help you navigate what you should be doing. Like if you go to their website, there's a lot of tips and resources. Um, they talk about things that, you know, if we don't get to today, we can talk about it another time, but the tax benefits of giving. Um, but also like, you know, what steps should you take to be informed before you give? What questions should you ask the charities before you donate and then just understanding how this process works before you dive in. Yeah, there's a lot of great topics, a lot of great articles, some blogs, top 10 lists. I think it was very informative. I, I enjoyed going through it. But, Tony, to your point, right, if, if the family's involved and somebody wants to help maybe dogs or dolphins, a little kid, yeah, there, you can find something on here for it. And I think it's a very helpful resource. And more importantly, it, it, there's ratings for the larger charitable organizations and it holds their feet to the fire to stick to the cause right Right. so it's really good information well we want to thank all the listeners for tuning in please share information with your friends and family about our podcast can be found on any of the mediums out there itunes and so forth you're listening to managing to be wealthy on news radio 610 wtvn